0: Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Tyre Power. Think safety this February. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tyre Power. Two minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning to you. We're in Studio Lumo Energy from an Australian-owned company. That's Lumo SA. And a shout-out to Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. Warm one today, top of 33 degrees, but I feel like this is the last blast of warm weather, Bix, before we get into the cooler stuff. Round one's always pretty warm, though, isn't well, it?
1: Well, Feb's the, the warmest month of the year, I reckon, in South Australia as well, so we're still, I think we've still got a little bit more. It feels like summer started later this year as well, very mild December.
0: I'm fine with that.
1: Maybe it's an Indian summer. I
0: thought it was an Australian summer. <laughs> what do you mean? Indian summers this year, though. India is coming to Australia in 2024. I think
1: that's a term for when the summer sort of pushes out at the back end. It's you called think? It, I think called it an Indian summer.
0: You think or you know? I'll Google it. You'll get fact checked.
1: What's that? That's me Googling. Oh my gosh. <laughs> elephant in the room on SENSA breakfast. <laughs> it just it feels like an elephant shape.
0: All right, Vicks, we, we like to address a couple of things that, uh, I mean, other people kind of shy away from. Have you Googled Indian summer? All yeah. right, hold on, let me turn the music down. What do you got? In
1: Indian summer is a period of unseasonally warm, dry weather that sometimes occurs in autumn in uh, temperate regions. Oh, cool. <laughs> what?
0: This is where you talk. This is Elephant in the Room.
1: I know, but let's start with... I want to bring up something that I uh, saw this morning, and that is Jeff Kennett. Now, Jeff's outspoken. He's a uh, former club president, and he's speaking on the the illicit drugs uh, policy of the AFL. He's suggesting or uh, saying that it has validity that he thinks the parents of players should be notified. Now, I think... Uh, in some cases where you've got young players that that may be appropriate but like there are some there, there are some issues with it first and foremost is that it's it's um uh, someone's personal information and and i'm not sure if anyone's ever tried to do something on behalf of their children if you've got aging children my my children are in their 20s and I reckon when even in their late teens, if you try to ring up and you talk to their doctor or you talk to it's impossible. You try to change their phone account, you can't do it. Yeah,
0: they need the actual person. They need the actual
1: person. So now yeah. we're saying we've got this intensely private uh, information and you're just going to give it out to people's parents. Now, different people have different relationships with their parents, some good, some bad, um, but I'm just not sure you can throw that around. And, and let's just extrapolate this out to some of the older players. What we're saying: pick a player who's in their mid thirties, and they have a a strike. You're really going to ring up their parents and say, "Oh, well, I've got something to tell you about your son." Imagine you Brent
0: it? Harvey before he retired. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's it. But it's some of it is just not appropriate. So I'm just not sure it's a, it's a great thought bubble, but I'm just not sure that's ever going to happen or be feasible.
0: Jeff Kennett's always loved to speak, no matter if he's making sense or not. This is an issue which is never going to go away, though. As, as society continues to move forward, uh, drugs in sport, drugs in society, it's just not going to go away.
1: Yeah, ever. and well, it's not. It's it's a societal issue. I think the the way we have to continue to try and judge it is how many players do we have within the AFL that have an issue? And I think that's the best way to do it because if we and, – and we don't know how many players have had strike, but what, what we're hoping – is that the players that do have an issue and are uh, that come across the table of uh, the doctors, who were the first people to know about it, and the AFL, that they get the right help and advice and counselling and that's where it stops and they find a way to sort of get back on onto the uh, the plane where they need to be to perform at their best. That's That's effectively what we're trying to do. And if the evidence suggests that we're not having a whole heap of players that are that have got issues, that are standing out of footy or that have gone on to sort of not be involved in footy, then that's a reasonable outcome, I
0: think. And then there's also the definition of what you said, though, players that have an issue. Because then there's players that have issues. There's players that also make really poor decisions that it could be a one-off for them, that mm. equally still they end up with a strike. Like there's we, – we've seen – I mean, you, you look at – and it was only um, – the past 24 hours with what's happening with Taron Thomas, mm. there's players that are just a representation of society. Every element of society are all chucked into a football club and the coaches go, cool. Well, I need to take care of all of you. Mm. So it's, uh, well, the, yeah. The
1: other thing as well, that, and and because I'm involved and I'm an ex-player, the, the, the hypocrisy around society is, I think sometimes with footy players is, is hard to comprehend. So let's take Barnaby Joyce the other night. Absolutely, you know, drunk.
0: Yeah.
1: Face down, swearing, carrying on. I would say if that was an AFL player, what would have happened? Suspended? Yes. P- pilloried? Yeah. Disgusting? Yet, this is a guy who was the acting prime minister of our country. And back at work the next day, all all good, and still everyone has a bit. Almost
0: of... lightheartedly made a comment that he had prescription medication and mixed it with alcohol.
1: So, so where should we be focusing our attention? You know, like I just feel like, and it's a similar thing. Uh, you know, and I know this is it's a lot different, but um, there are a whole range of touring rock bands and all you know that come out to Australia that uh, that young people love and worship, and it's you know like. They can literally do whatever they want. Yep. And nobody sort of raises an eyebrow. Our our radio stations continue to promote them, play them, lord them. And yet a footy player do anything wrong, gee whiz, it's like the end of the world.
0: Um, we need to address the other elephant in the room, and that's the redbacks who have been extremely disappointing. Um, uh, I mean, you look back 12 months ago and – how do you go, this is the progress they have made? Because it's almost like they've they've flipped polar opposites. If you look at the strikers, that last BBL season, um, they couldn't make runs, they could take wickets. This BBL season, they could make a lot of runs and struggled to take wickets, mm. especially in the first half of the season. The Redbacks have been, again, disappointing. And I think it's disappointing to say that because they did show so much promise early on.
1: Well, the bowling has been fantastic. Uh, they continually bowl sides out. They just haven't been able to, and, and been in lots and lots of games, but just haven't been able to get the runs required to be able to give the bowlers a chance to try and defend it. And um, the, the bowling depth is quite phenomenal. I just wonder how they're going to try and keep all those players together because of the, maybe the limited opportunities for all of them, but just haven't been able to find any sort of combination of, um, of the top six to be able to make runs. And when you look at, some of the the players who have done the best work with the bat has actually been, you know, some some rearguard action from some of the the back half of the order. So, yes, they've they've fought really strongly and stayed in games for longer, but they just have periods where they just are non competitive. You know, and the other day was you know a testament to that. Three for none, you know, hard hard to come back from that. And yet, um, yeah, just just hard work. The other thing I will say, I, I'm not sure if it's just me dreaming or not, but have the pitches been harder to bat on? It's you know the other day, South Australia make 117, and then the next innings we play Queensland make 132. Mm-hmm. Like we've gone from one extreme to the other. It used to be sides making 500 on in in the first innings. Now they're making 150. So I'm not sure whether there's been a bit more juice in the wickets, but it seems the bowlers have have uh, dominated this competition so far this year. But certainly, you can, you cannot be anything but disappointed with the Redbacks. Only won the one game in the the Marsh fifty over series. Solid in the in the uh, for the strikers, particularly the back half. They came good, made the final, didn't win. And then the Sheffield Shield uh, have really petered out in the last little bit. Little bit.
0: You can hear more on the Saka Cricket Show uh, with Trav Wakeling later on this week, and we'll talk more about it on the market as well. Mark Bickley, we have a nomination for The Good Stuff very soon. You can get to The Good Stuff, 13 27 27. And your text message is zero four two 154 um, You've got one?
1: Yeah, it says, Bix, did I hear you say the dodo was around with the dinosaurs? The dodo has only been extinct for 300 years. The dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. Yeah, we're a few years in that. Just a few years out. Josh
0: from Old Beach says, I know you love him, Walshy, but LeBron James started the demise of the slam dunk competition being all talk and never entering. Well, Josh, never call the show or listen again, all right? Never say anything (laughs) bad about LeBron James. Good morning.